Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, it is an absolute privilege to come and share God's word with you. And I wonder if this morning's word is specifically for you personally, or if it's something for us together as his church, or if it's something for you to give away to help someone else. I, I, I don't know, but I'll come and share God's word with you and we'll see what the Lord is saying to us. This morning, what I'd love to come and encourage you in is continuing to live a spirit-led life. That is, being present to God's presence at all times. Being present to God's presence, whom is the Holy Spirit, as you know, living in us, sent through Jesus at all times. And what does that mean? And so I would love to come and encourage us as we all journey with the Holy Spirit until Jesus comes back. All right, in Luke chapter 3, where I'd love to share from the Bible from is at Jesus' baptism. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, it says this, When all the people were being baptised, Jesus went forward and got baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. What a great birthday card. (laughs) Hey, what a wonderful one. Jesus, at his baptism, the one big loudspeaker moment that God the Father could declare to all of us to hear is, I love my boy. Father God loves his son Jesus. Loves him with an everlasting, passionate love. Father God cannot help the way that he loves. He loves his son. And before his son goes out and does something in the world that could be amazing, he says about his boy, I'm well pleased with you already. Before you've done a thing. I don't know about you, obviously, but our culture is a little bit the other way around. We're a little bit more on the the side of when I do things to help you, I feel like I can be with you. When I help you, when I do gifts, hospitality, write amazing birthday cards, invite you to things, mow your lawn for free, uh, buy you a cup of coffee, then I feel like it's okay to be with you because I've done stuff for you. And it's not that you asked me to do it, it's just that I feel better if I do things to help me feel more relaxed in being with you. I struggle to just be who I am and to be with you no matter what gifts or talents I might have. I'm a little bit worried about us, maybe not Northside, but I'm a little bit worried about us as God's people today that we are not enjoying the extravagant, everlasting love the Father has for us without needing to do anything. It's just really obvious, isn't it? And so illustration moment, it's just really obvious, isn't it? When you meet a couple who have an everlasting, extravagant love for one another and they don't have to do anything. They just know from each other that they are loved 
and that they're loving the other person. And what's one of the end results that you physically see with these people when they're loved? They're maybe a bit joyful. Yes? Australians who are joyful, they must be relaxing too much. Yeah? But when a couple who is in love, and, and, and it's a journey of love. It's not just like, oh, Matt, you're just talking about the honeymoon moment. Yes, I get the honeymoon moment. But it's also beyond that as you're journeying in showing and giving and receiving love from one another. One of the instant fruits or, or results of that is joy. It's just joy. And I don't know about you, but I would love to relax a lot more as I'm doing things that, yes, I've got budgets and strategies and OH&S and I've got a board and I've got to do all this stuff out there, but I want to do it and I want to try and do it with joy. And I want to do my relationships with joy because it's the result of receiving and giving extravagant love. So let's come back to Jesus. The Father cannot help himself God the Father cannot help himself as we read the Bible in the way that he loves us. He's going to do it no matter what we do. He, he just loves. Now you might be going, oh Matt, I think you're a bit one of these emotional, relational people. And you love this thing, love and joy. You're a little bit too fun, right? Uh, I, you know, I do border on the side of the wiggles. It has affected me as a dad. But... Um, I want to say that as I read the Bible, as an Anglican, gone through to Baptist college and hang out with Churches of Christ, where everyone gets to play, yes, thank you, uh, I read the Bible and see and hear that God has an everlasting love and he can't help it. So if you're wondering, well, is it for me? It might be good for Jesus, but is it for me? Well, Jeremiah Chapter 31, verse 3, God the Father says in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, I love you with an everlasting love. I draw you with loving kindness. That's a nice dad, isn't it? Yes? That's a nice God. That's how he draws us with kindness. That he's good. Is he good? When he answers my prayers for parking, yes. <laughs> Crow's nest and parking, oh my goodness. Uh, but what about, is God good when something bad happens? Personally, I want to share with you that uh, when my father passed away six years, he was an Anglican minister, and uh, when he passed away six years from pancreatic cancer, it was an absolutely horrible time. And I really did struggle to say, God, you're good. Because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't marry the two. I just couldn't do it. You know, I had friends in my life that God had healed their cancer and their dads were a little bit older than mine. And so I struggled to marry the way that God is good and my reality that this is not good. But I'm learning, learning with you even today to know that God is good no matter what is going on. And to thank God in all circumstances, though I struggle. Because God is good. God is good. He is kind to us. He cannot help but be good 
and kind to us. So in Jeremiah 31, it says that. I think of Jesus when he tells us the story about the prodigal son or actually about the loving father. The focus isn't too much on the son. It needs to be back on the dad. And the loving father in this story that Jesus tells, and some of you might not have heard it, is very quickly a story of a father who's got two boys. One was a bit naughty. One went to a private school. And the naughty one, I'm just joking. Uh, Righto. Uh, The naughty one said, Dad, I want my inheritance and I'm going to go crazy. And he does. He goes crazy. He blows it all. And then he thinks, oh, no, what can I do? And because he knows that his dad is good, he knows that he can return. So he returns. But he doesn't return and the dad is on the laptop in the office. He returns and the dad is on the street running towards him. Now, older son at the private school doesn't like this because he's worked very, very hard and I deserve everything that I've got. And Jesus unplugs all of this stuff in us to say the Father loves you no matter if you're the boy on this side or the, or the person on this side the, um, doing all that you can to feel like you should be loved because of what it, the Father God loves you. And he welcomes both of you home. But one of them struggles to receive that love. One of them does. And it's not the one who went and did all the things that were wrong. It was who? The pro- <laughs> and so I went to a private school and I'm, I love them and they're great. But whatever school you go to is fine. Even if you don't go to school, it's fine. Like, I mean, like, go do something. But it, okay, great. In Romans chapter 5, one more. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Paul says, God has poured out his Holy Spirit. He's poured out his Holy Spirit to live in you. That you may what? Be able to do things for God? That you may feel like it's okay to be next to God? No, 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 no. God has poured out his Spirit into our hearts that we may know his love. And his love brings joy. So for anyone who's wondering, well, that's good for Jesus because he's the son of God and he can get the father to say that over him. I've tried tried to share with you from uh, Jeremiah, the prodigal son in Romans 5. It's for you. But are you going to receive it? I know in relationship that no matter what the other person in the relationship I've got with someone that they can do all that they want to show uh, their kindness and their, their fun and their, their giving nature to me. But if I don't receive it, it just, it just, I stay the way that I am. So in relationship between us and God, we've got to be great receivers. Great receivers. Otherwise, God can say and do all that he has done, but it won't get into our hearts if we won't be good receivers. Christmas time, what do you like when you get a present? You're like, oh, I know what it is. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. thanks. <laughs> you know, is that what you like? Birthday, won't get much yet. Thanks, hammer. Great. You know, what do you like when you get gifts? And I would like to, I can't bet, but I'd like to say that... The way you receive naturally with one another is probably the way that you naturally receive with the the Father in heaven. 
And so I want to ask you to reconsider your receiving attitude. Would you? Give it a shot. I mean, for anyone who's uncomfortable with like, really, I don't, can I really receive all of this from God? Well, why don't you just give it a go? Of, well, of course you can is the answer. And why don't you try naturally with one another when you're given something, why don't you try just going, really, thank you, wonderful, but mean it. And the more we become better receivers, could I suggest, the more the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit are going to become so evident to one another. There's a guy called Bill Hybels who leads a church in America. It's rather large. And he tells his story of going to a prison to share about Jesus. And the prison was just packed at chapel, absolutely packed at chapel in prison. And he shares the message of of Jesus. And the prisoners are hands in the air, tears down their um, faces, can't believe that God would love them with all that they've done. And Bill turns to the chaplain and he says to him, with tears, how did they do that? And he says to them, forgiven much, Worship much. Forgiven much, worship much. Realize how much God has done. Realize how much God has done. Worship much. Australia, please listen. Lower North Shore, please listen. We have the opportunity to receive in our hearts. All that God has done. And it is up to us whether we want to receive it. Are you asking me to become one of those crazy people? No. No, 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 no. No. I'm just asking you to receive all that God wants to give you. All of his spirit within you. That your identity is his presence. It's being with Jesus and in Jesus. So that when we sing, now I'm pointing to a screen because that's often where we look and I just want to remind us that's just a teleprompter. Yes? The screen, the words, God is not on the screen. For anyone who's wondering, God is with us by his spirit in our hearts. And the faster we grab that, so many things become dim in the light of his presence. Because singing, just to divert for one second, singing is praying but with music. Singing is not like singing Waltz in Matilda or um, you know those those songs that we might sing in school or or, or the footy or something. Uh, 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 it's not like let's get see how louder we can get. No, 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 no. Singing is us together talking to God. Because of all that he's done for us. And so it doesn't matter who's around me and what we're doing. You don't have to lift your hands. You don't have to keep them down. What you, you were invited to do is to connect with your wonderful living present God and enjoy him forever. Even the Anglicans. <laughs> A long time ago said that the chief end of people is to glorify God and do a lot of stuff. No, 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 no. It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. 
the invitation is on to enjoy him forever, that his presence among us by his Holy Spirit is someone among us that we are responding to and enjoying him. I'm inviting us into that and to not be that person, if I can ask this, to not be that person that no matter how much God is doing, I'm like, no, I just like it the way it is. Thanks. Thanks for what you did on the cross. Thanks for rising again. Thanks that I can call on you when I'm in trouble. But I just like it how it is. All right. You happy? Yes. Now you might be like, man, I'm not like that at all. I'm quite a joyful person. Great. Wonderful. I'd like to invite you to help others to enjoy God. We respect him. We're in reverence of him. But we need to enjoy him and love him in relationship. Amen. For me, why I do Soul Survivor is because coming out of my background, I lived in Ryde, went to Anglican land, loved it, very happy with that. Uh, But when one day someone got up the front and said, you know about God the Father? Yes, kind of. You know about Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Oh, all the stories about Jesus. Would you know the Holy Spirit? Pardon? Do you know the Holy Spirit? No, not really. Uh Uh-oh, this is when you're going to ask me to come to the front and get prayer and things are going to happen and I don't want anything to happen. Well, for three weeks in an Anglican setup, I heard this message and we used to have a, a, a real altar, you know, like in the olden days. And the invite was to come up around the altar and to ask for God to fill you afresh with his spirit. And once I'd gotten over my issues about theological, but hang on, isn't the spirit with me? I don't need any more. Just I'm happy with a little bit of God. I don't want, I don't want to ask for more. Why would I want more? I'm happy with the way things are. And it's like, buddy, in the Bible... Ephesians chapter 5, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Do you know what that's like? Nope. Well, come up here. So I remember going on the third time. It always happens on the third time. I remember going up front on the third time and going, this is it. It's going to happen. I'm going to lose it. I'm not enjoying this. God, I don't like you. And so I come up to get prayer. And as I'm waiting, and I know who's going to come and pray for me. It's going to be that wacky person in my church. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. And then all of a sudden, they didn't come. But this lovely, lovely, dear old lady came and prayed with me. And I went, oh, phew. Nothing's going to happen. Right? (laughs) Grandmas, listen, I love you heaps and we are friends, but I had attitude issues when I was a teenager. Anyway, when I got prayer, she prayed for me, God, fill Matt, please, with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I went, nothing happened. Awesome. Oh, phew. Oh, God's not so bad. Great. And then in reflection, what happened straight away, week after week, I went from singing at the screen to singing, because I remember the words, singing to Jesus. I went from, I don't want to tell anyone about Jesus, to inviting him to youth group. I went from, I find prayer meetings the worst meeting in the world, (laughs) to rocking up to them as a 16-year-old. And I didn't know what was happening, but I went there. The Holy Spirit 
answered my prayer. I enjoyed God. I went to his meetings. I invited others to come. Who would like that prayer again today? Who would like that prayer again today? Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.